I'm going to read out of the book of Exodus, probably a story that you know. Exodus chapter 2. I mean, well, right now, before you look at Exodus 2, you can think of a story out of Exodus. If you've, if you've gone to church any length of time, you probably remember a story out of Exodus. Um, Exodus chapter 2, verse number 1, says this. Exodus 2, verse 1. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, when she could no longer, when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. How many know that when a baby gets of a certain age, it's kind of hard to hide them? Uh, they they make noises and things like that. I remember I remember when our kids were little, when Nick came along and we used to sit right up here where we've always sit third row from the front second or third row from the front and then when he got loud enough to make noise in church we kind of moved a little bit to the back so he wouldn't be a distraction to others and uh and then when he got big enough to go into children's church we moved back to the front you know um but anyway but she couldn't hide him any longer so she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw a baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. How many know, and this is what I'm going to talk about this morning, mothers make a difference. Mothers make a difference. We learn from Exodus 6.20 that the, the mother in this story's name was Jochebed. As the mother of two other children, a boy named Aaron, about three years old, and a girl named Miriam, who was about 11 at the time, Jochebed gave birth in this very dark time. The ruler of the land would issue a decree that every Hebrew infant boy should be killed because the Egyptians who enslaved the Hebrews were fearful that they would outnumber them. But the mother would do everything to protect her son. How many know that when you mess with the child of a mama, something is going to happen. And you, when you get in the way, it, it's, it's just there is something that's going to happen. Now, she was powerless to do anything by force in light of this decree, but she was not powerless to do something. She was looking for something that she could do. Mothers make a difference because mothers are protectors. 
Mothers are protectors. How many know that? Mothers are protectors. She hid him for three months, in the re- living in the reality still that any moment he could be found out. But she would do her best. There was no doubt that she knew the, the history of the Israelites. and She was a woman of prayer. Her very name, Jochebed, meant Jehovah is glorious. So every time Jochebed is said, Jehovah is glorious, I believe she had to live every day knowing that there is glory in Jehovah and that he is the one I can put my trust in. I believe she was an absolute woman of prayer. Verse 3 said when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And just as Moses built an ark out of tar and pitch, the same kind of material, the same the same kind of vessel, only on a small scale, to protect not just a family or a host of animals, but to protect her precious son. What ingenuity? Who would have thought to have done something like this? But that's what she did. She, then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds in the bank of the Nile. I imagine that her heart must have been heavy and maybe even crushed. She didn't know if she was ever going to see her son again. There he was. She was putting him out. Out of her care, out of her, uh, out of her sphere of influence. How many know that whenever a child is not under your influence anymore, it seems to be a scary time. It seems to be a time whenever you just kind of you're concerned about your child. Absolutely. She realized that his future could no longer rest in her hands, but in the hands of the Almighty, whom she had grown up and trusted to trust. Mothers make a difference because mothers trust the Lord. Mothers trust the Lord. When you can't have you don't have the ability anymore to protect, you've got to put your trust in the Lord and mothers that are godly will trust the Lord. They re- they realize that there's just some things that they can't do on their own. Moms are super moms and they can do just about anything, but even mothers can't do everything. How many know that? They can't do everything. But in those moments when they can't do the things that they would like to do, they trust the Lord. They must put trust in the Lord for their children. In verse 4, her sister stood off at a distance to see what would happen. I don't believe that Miriam stood to watch to see what would happen for her own, but her mother would have instructed her, I think, to keep watch. She just had to know. The Bible doesn't say this, but in my own Interpretation. I got to think, you know, go watch and see what happens. As far as the eye can see, she could have come back with a report where he just floated on down the river and I have no idea and we'll never know. But that's not what happened. The fact that the ruler's daughter, the princess, would bathe in a particular place and would happen across this precious son is really a testimony of Jacobed's faith in placing Moses in the only place where his life would be spared. In verse 6, she opened it, she saw the baby, he was crying, and she felt sorry for him. We're talking about the daughter of the man who issued the edict that all these babies are going to be killed. She knew what his rule was, she knew what his edict was, but yet in the midst of this, I mean, she could have just said, oh, this is one of those Hebrew babies. Kill this thing. But that's not what she did. The Lord moved her heart with compassion. She had had sorrow for him. This is one of the Hebrews' baby. I believe that this was a moment in time that this prayer of this mother was answered because this 
this princess was going against her father's declaration. But God can turn an impossible situation in, around and he knows that there are no limits. There, there is no limits. We know there's no limits to what God can do. How many know that to be true? And in verse 7, his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? This is rich. This is rich. Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and, the, and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me. And get this, I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. So by releasing Moses, pray, uh, praying over him, trusting in the Lord, not only did he answer her prayers, but he would allow her to be the one to raise him. So she got to raise him, even though she let him go. He got put back in the house of his real mother. His real mother would raise him and would nurture him and would care for him. And she got paid to do it. I think that's just amazing. Isn't that how God works? He just puts all this thing. This is over the top blessing. She would have been happy if, if somebody just said, Oh, well, I tell you what. Your baby is okay. We'll just ignore this. You can let that baby be raised. And we'll just go after all the other babies. She would have been perfectly fine with that. But no, she gets her baby back. And she gets paid to raise him. Scholars believe that Moses was likely raised by his natural mother until he was about five years old. Can you imagine? For five years, her getting to raise and impart wisdom into him and impart the truths. There are things that you can remember. I know that before you were five years old, how many can remember before you were five? There are some things you can remember before you were five. Absolutely. You can remember some of those things. And I would venture to say that for the things that you can't remember, they're instilled into your spirit and they will always be there. Even though you may not be conscious and aware of them, they go into the character and nature of who you are and who you have grown to be. Those things are in there. This miraculous event happened because of the order of the Pharaoh's decree. He should have been dead, but God had other plans. She would have him have the opportunity to love him into that critical foundational faith that God would use her to trans transcend into. God's perfect plan as the Lord would later show Moses. Mothers make a difference because mothers instill godly character into their children. Mothers instill godly character into their children. Verse 10, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son, saying, I drew him out of the water. This was a very hard thing to do. Can you imagine taking your five-year-old? My mind goes back to Hannah, and I was reading about Hannah just within the last week. My mind goes back to Hannah, how she asked the Lord for a son, and she was barren, and she finally got a son, and she said, but she said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him over to you. And that's what she did when he was young. She took him to the priest, and he was raised in the house of the Lord. And because she did that, 
the Lord also enabled her to have other children, other children. And she would go back and she would make clothes for Samuel and, and she would do that. Did I say Eli? I didn't mean Eli. I meant Samuel. Uh, uh, Eli was the priest. Samuel was the boy she took. Um, and it was a powerful, powerful example. Can you imagine if God could move the heart of a princess, of a wicked ruler to have compassion on a child that should have been killed? If God could take that same child and cause him to be given back to his mother so she could instill godly character and the word of God into his life, that same God would take care of Moses the rest of his life. The rest of his life. So whatever the situation is, I know that there are some people that weren't raised with godly influences in their lives. Their moms might not have been godly examples, but I have to believe that all of that, all of the examples, the positive examples, the things that were godly, that were instilled either at an early age or later on, those are powerful examples. I know there are mothers that didn't get the opportunity to sow into their children's lives like they would have. And in that instance, you trust the Lord and you, you commit those children to the Lord and you say, Lord, just like this, I don't know what's going to happen to this child, but I'm committing to you that I'm going to pray for these children, this child, and in your, I'm going to trust you. And that same God that had the ability to watch over Moses through every stage of when he should have been killed, when he should have, have, have not even been alive, when he was out of the care of his mom, that same God would take and watch over him. Because your prayers, mothers, even fathers too, your prayers will go a long way. They will go further than you're able to go. Jochebed could have gone into despair and defeat when she first saw that her baby was a boy because she knew that was death. But this woman of God did not give up. She stood strong in her faith. She was determined because mothers make a difference. There's an article that I found that I'd like to read. It's... Um, from the Pentecostal Evangel, which was a periodical that was around for decades. And uh, uh, it's not in print any longer in that same way. Uh, but it's, it was written in 1947. Now, I know some of you weren't alive in 1947. Um, but I tell you, it was a powerful article. It's called Jochebed, the Mother of Moses. It was by Mrs. F. Helen Jarvis. And this is what she writes about Jochebed, the mother of Moses. She says, Jochebed furnishes inspiration and example for the mothers of today. And I believe she still does that even today. This article was written a long time ago. Today, too, is a time of peril and uncertainty. That's certainly true today. A time when the ruler of this world makes an even stronger bid for the children and reaches out with even greedier clutches for their souls. Yet God's Spirit once again whispers, be strong and of good courage. Faith found a way once, it will again. God gives wisdom and resourcefulness in the hour of near. 
Godly mothers who find themselves compelled to launch a life upon the current of peril, oftentimes in an evil world, sending a boy to the armed forces, a daughter to a workaday world, or children to school can take heart. God found a way for Jochebed, hallelujah. No doubt, Jochebed, just like many today, was often tempted to be discouraged, and at least three times her faith was severely tested. The first was when early one morning she took a basket-like affair made of reeds and carefully waterproofed down to the riverbank, and within it left the sleeping child to the mercies of God. Again, a few years later, she must take a lovely boy across the dusty fields of Goshen through the city gates and along the streets and avenues until they reach the palace of the king. There she must leave her son, leave him in heathen surroundings in all kinds of temptations which so infest royal courts. And in the midst of danger from plots and intrigues, finally many years later after believing and trusting that God had raised up her boy for a divine purpose, now aged woman saw, now the, the now aged woman saw all her hopes in seeming ruins as Moses, a fugitive, flees eastward to pass years in hiding from an angry Pharaoh. Blow upon blow were they not, but at last in God's time the mother's faith triumphed. And whether she lived to see the answer to her prayers or not, the glorious arm of Jehovah was revealed. Praise God. As I mentioned, the name of Jochebed means Jehovah is glorious. Mothers of today take it as a motto. The God who cared for Moses in answer to his mother's prayer can also take the oversight of your child. Discouragements and tests will come, but remember Jochebed and do your part in training and keeping faith. Fear not the efforts of the prince of darkness, but look rather for wisdom and guidance. Sure, Jehovah will be glorious in your behalf. Hallelujah. That was just such an uplifting article, I thought. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. <laughs> Jochebed only had a few years to influence Moses. She had more time with her other children. While you may not have control over how much time you have to mold or shape your child's life, be reminded of this because what you instill into your children's lives, they will never be able to depart from what is in their hearts and what was placed inside of their minds and inside their lives. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. How many knew that song? How many of you, you were a child and you learned that song? You never get away from it. It's in there. Now, you probably have gone a long time without thinking about that song. But it's in there. You can't escape or get away from what God has put into your life through your mom's through the surroundings because she made sure that you had that influence. 
if you had a godly mother. Maybe, moms, you can think of missed opportunities. I believe every parent can think of missed opportunities. How many know that you're not alone? We can all reflect in every avenue of life. Man, if I hadn't done that differently, I would have done it differently. I can look back and say, boy, I just wouldn't have exploded like that. I wouldn't have worded it quite that way. I wouldn't have been so harsh. I wouldn't have been this or I wouldn't have been that. And we only get so long, right? With our kids, with our grandkids. We don't know. And the thing is, is I think when we sum it up, we can say, all we can do is we've done our best. And if things haven't been stellar, how many know God allows new beginnings? Yes. He allows new beginnings. He does. The key is to not lament over the past, but do what you can now. Do what you can now. Because now is all we have. We, can't, we don't have a time machine. We can't go back. We can't change anything. All we can do is make right as much as we can and move forward from this point on. Mothers, you will make an absolute difference in your child's lives because God gave you the inner resolve to nurture and desire the best for your kids. How many of you moms, you want the best for your kids? Absolutely. You want the best for your kids. You make a difference because you are protectors. You make a difference because you trust the Lord. And you make a difference because you instill godly character into their lives. But my kids aren't little anymore. Let me tell you something. You still instill godly character into your lives. You still are protectors. You still trust the Lord. You may do it in a different way than you would have when they were young. But how many have ever heard the term lead by example? You can look at your mom and you can see an example of grace and purpose and beauty and just resolve and a godly example. And mothers, that's a powerful example for you to be able to pass on. You may not have a daily influence and input like, they, like you may have had when they were young. But they still see you. They still see what you say. They still hear what you say. And they carry valuable, valuable messages. And you have control over that. How many know that you can't control anybody else except yourself? You can't control anybody else except yourself. So whenever our children get older... When they get outside of our covering, we're not responsible for how they behave, how they act, how they, how they live. But we are responsible to continue to be godly examples. And when we do that, we leave an open door for them to come back and share in the love. I've said this on more than one occasion, and it's tough. Sometimes as parents, we want, to, we want to still have a say. We don't get a say. Parents, we don't get a say anymore. That's it. Your kids are grown. And, you know, I have to really, 
and I know I know this is not Father's Day, but and I'll probably say this on Father's Day. I know I have personally have to watch because you know if I say everything I think, we'd all be we'd probably all be in trouble, I guess. But you know there are certain things. Well, if it were me, I would have done this. But it's not me. I don't get a say. But moms, you get to make a difference because you have that influence. Mothers, you still have an influence over your children. Grandmothers over your grandchildren. And there are women who may not be biological mothers. But let me tell you this. You need a relationship with others, with another young lady, another young man that you can say, I'm going to help. I'm going to be perhaps what you may not have is I'm going to be a godly example. Sometimes we can get we can get sorrowful and we can get sad because we think I don't have the ability to sow into somebody's life. We all have the ability to sow into somebody's life. It may be in a different way, but we have that ability. I believe that every efforts of moms to deeply touch the lives of their children with the love that only a mom can give. I think it, I think, I just got to think God just kind of smiles at that. I think he looks down and I think it pleases him to know that moms, you're doing a great job. And even when you think you may not be doing a great job, it's okay. You did your best. You're doing your best. You're walking in the fullness of what God is doing. Mothers, you absolutely make a difference. And I hope that you continue to make a difference in lives around you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your goodness and mercy. I thank you, Lord, for these mothers that are here today that are watching online. And we honor them. We respect them. And we thank you for them. Lord, I pray that you will continue to give them strength. You will continue to give them Lord, just the energy to go forth, to continue to be the godly influence that you have called them to be. Thank you, Lord, because they truly are a picture of you and your love because their love is unconditional. Their love is unending. And I thank you for that. I pray your special blessing upon them that you would meet every need of every mother, every grandmother that's here today. Lord, and for every woman that may not have children, that she has the ability to influence, I believe, God, you're going to open doors to influence those even in other families, nieces, nephews, even friends. Lord, I thank you because your godly influence is meant to go out. Thank you for that. Thank you because moms make a difference. Thank you for that motherly nurturing and instinct and that picture of your love in their lives. We praise you for it today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing this song. I think we've got the words on the screen. It's a vessel of honor for God. And uh, just a reminder how you can continue to be used. If you're here this morning, you have a special need and you'd like prayer, we'd like to pray with you online.
We believe God's going to meet every need that you have. Amen. Let's sing. Vessel of honor for God. A vessel of honor for God. Sanctified just accept you and receive you as Lord and Savior. That's the first step. Lord, there's no distance that keeps your love away and we trust in you today. For those that need healing, that need deliverance, we pray for healing, deliverance, and blessing right now in the name of Jesus. As we trust you and we continue to do so, we praise you for it. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 